this is we're actually revisiting a topic, the affordability issue. A big topic. Um, a lot's happened. Lots so, of things have happened. Neil's a bit of a jet setter. People listening may not know this, right? Uh, goes to exotic locales. Don't like that term. Idaho? Exotic? <laughs> Idaho? This is the thing. Like, Neil, Neil's been on vacation, and I thought, okay, he's going to go to somewhere cool. He went to Idaho, which is amazing in its, in, in its own right. Just, all right, I'm going to give a really quick explanation. Gone for a week, went to Idaho, a little bit of background. Northern Idaho is a really big lake, really nice big lake. We're on the lake, and we boat, and we surf, and it's more of a disconnect. Phone service is limited. And so that's the only way. Disconnect, eh? Okay, right on. <laughs> I, Neil, feel, I feel judged. Neil was actually avoiding the media cycle. Uh, <laughs> we'll touch on that a little, a little in the episode a little bit later today. Yeah, no comment. We'll talk about it. Um, but we are going to loop back on the affordability issue. We talked about it before. We're coming back to it because a lot has happened since you've been away. Jeepers, man. Neil leaves town and, and the world changes dramatically in what, the last two weeks? Um, was it? Good timing, lucky timing. Did I know what was coming? I <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah, Neil, Neil's got some sort of insider info, knows when to get out of Dodge. Um, but jokes aside, so there was the whole tent encampment situation, health acts. Yep. It made national news. It was obviously a huge issue here. Yep. At the same time, there was a provincial election that just happened, and we now yep. have a new uh, incoming uh, provincial government. Yep. Just recently, the federal election uh, has been called, and not surprisingly, real estate is at the heart of the platforms already. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this tenant a blacklist, I've heard it called. What have you heard it called this? I, I heard tenant blacklist. That's what that's the common term I see going around. Is Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to be able to touch on all these list. things today. But um, <clears throat> yeah, affordability once again in the news. We, we didn't solve it this. last time, so we have to come back to it. Apparently, we didn't solve it. Um, <laughs> we thought we did, and, and other people apparently thought otherwise. Um, so we talked about a lot of things before you know, landlord role, government role. Kind of our hypothesis on what we think will have an impact and what could actually help the situation. Yeah. Um, I think this time we're going to talk about more situational things. Yeah. Kind of specific to the last couple of weeks, what led up to it, what took place, and maybe some opinions on that. Yeah. And it's funny, like we, I don't know if you go back and listen to the episodes, I probably do more than I should. Yeah. And there are some things that's like, oh, I wish I worded that differently. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things were oddly prophetic. Like, we were like, this is coming to a head. You know, the government has done nothing on this, um, and it's going to, it's getting worse. And, I mean, it wasn't wasn't a week and a half. 30 minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, So, do you want to kind of summarize, I mean, you you would have come back and, did you see any of this while you were away? So, I I missed a lot of it. Like, I was getting texts like, holy crap, the streets of Halifax are on fire. Yeah. Um, And from the videos that I saw, it looked like they were literally on fire. People's eyes were on fire. It was a little bit nuts. Yeah, it was intense. I missed a lot of it. I, I, I get what was happening. And I know when I left, it, I saw like we had, we did definitely had this issue. Of, I mean, we have an issue in general growing, but specifically to the downtown core where everything took place, there were a lot of tents. There were a lot of encampments kind of growing. Mm-hmm. And it had kind of, there was like some stirs and some rumblings, but I had no idea that anything was going to change. Like... I, I did you know that this was coming down the pipe of them one day showing up and just being like well this was kind of the tricky thing you know you see the first social media post you're like okay something's bubbling here and um and then it just grows like wildfire like it 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 got really intense really quickly um but one of the things that confused me is everyone knew this was going to happen at some point like there's this a bit of a, a of a narrative around like um, that people didn't know that these tents were going to be removed or that, um, but it, it was going to happen. Uh, I had this weird experience with it, um, because my sons play baseball. My little son, uh, he's six. He plays baseball at this little field by an elementary school. And there were two tents there. And uh-huh. previous, a couple days leading up to this, I saw parks, um, department remove a couple tents from there. Uh, so I knew this was ca- happening and and I know for a long time the uh, the council has been saying, listen, this isn't a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't be here for the winter because we're worried someone is literally going to die in there. And, and then there started to be all of these um, increasing concerns about the conditions there and all that. So I think everyone knew this was going to happen, but then they did it a little bit on the stealth. 
Yeah, and I think they kind of had to. Totally. I think it was obviously intentional. Yeah, and even doing it on the stealth, the way social media is, it blew up in a millisecond. Yep. And you're still able to pull together thousands of people to try and prevent something that, again, I think all of us knew was going to happen, right? Yeah. It, 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 like, yeah, I was, always, I was always on that same thing because I drive – I live in the area, so I drive past a good majority of it every day. Spring and, Garden or the um, – South and Hollis. Mostly the South and Hollis one yeah. there in Friendship Park. Yeah. And it, it happened fast. Like when I when I moved in down there, which was not that long ago, maybe seven months ago, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing really in the spring. Late spring, there was like one tent. Yeah. And then within like two weeks, there was like three or four. Yeah. And then it kind of just went from there and they kind of congregated. Um, and I was I was kind of thinking the, time, the whole time, like they kind of have to nip this in the butt because mm-hmm. either it's going to do... Just, like, it's just going to morph into this entire park just being a, a little tent city. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw that coming. Again, I had no clue that this was going to be the time. And like you said, they kind of did it on the stealth. What, again, now this was interesting for me being away, seeing mm-hmm. how it went on. The perception on the media was that they came in like guns ablaze and like just like. Yeah, this was the first thing. Well, I guess I saw it and I kind of you know, looked at it and I came back half an hour later and then I came back half an hour later and it happened so quickly. And the thing that I felt was really unfortunate in the moment is that it very quickly changed from being about housing to, in in my opinion, being kind of general anti-police sentiment, yeah. um, you know, and my concern, and I actually posted this on social media, which is a huge mistake, obviously. Uh, I said, I hope that the focus remains on housing because this was a chance to have a really important conversation. And in under three hours, it had changed to um, police brutality, a, a, a police brutality situation. And yeah. that's not to take anything away from that conversation, which is an important conversation. And um, certainly th- there's going to be an investigation into how things were handled there. But what upset me most is within a few hours – there was something like $30,000 raised to go for the legal fees of the protesters. And my first thought was like, did they really not give the $30,000 to the homeless people? That was that was one. That was a sticking point That's for me too. I was like, that made no sense. No sense. Yeah. And I think in the time since, the conversations returned back to housing. But for that window of 48 hours there where it could have been all about this, it just was not. No. You're 100% right. I, I think, But I think a lot of people went down there. To be on social media? A lot of people went down there to be on social media. Yeah. Like, Like, that's... Watching the video and hearing the audio, like, that's... I was was away, sitting at the house, and I was listening to it, and a lot of people were yelling stuff, like, completely irrelevant to the housing or the issue at hand. It was like a, you don't know me, and it was more like screaming profanity at the police, and then, and they would run up and push the cop, and then the cop would be like, push them back, because, like, you can't be in this area. And then it was like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> presumably some of these legal fees are going to the guy who, like, threw a couple judo kicks at the cop there. And whatever, mm-hmm. man, like, if you want to kick a cop, like, shoot your shot. But, like, you're going to jail, man. <laughs> like, um, you know, that person's going to jail. And if, if someone feels that it was it was worth it, but I don't think you can act surprised in that particular instance. Now, some of the bigger concern was about, you know, cops potentially hiding their ID badges and things like that. I haven't seen those corroborated yet, but I know like there should be an investigation to that. Obviously, you know, even here we're, we're taking this conversation away from housing, which is like the thing that irks me so much. And again, I think that's an important conversation. Um, but man, like I, I wish, and I think it's, again, I think it's improved since then that the um, conversation has returned to being about housing, but in the moment it was not. No, uh, it was and there were lost. a lot of people there that, that I don't think had much interest in housing and, against so much of the coverage, like still to this day, I don't know what happened to a bunch of the people in the tents. Do you know what happened? Like, I have no, no idea clue. where everybody went. Yeah. I know what happened to the protesters involved and I've seen, you know, the updates on this, that, and the other thing, but I didn't find out much about what happened to these poor folks who were, were displaced. Like, you know, nope. um, it, and that's unfortunate. Lost. It yeah. got completely lost. It became, it became almost like, yeah, trying to grasp the, like the news with the more crazy stuff. And not again, not to get away from the housing, but I'm going to because it's kind of has like that's like pretty much what this topic has become. Um, like the things, oh man, like I was watching the people, 
they're throwing like they're hurling like jugs of milk and piss at the at the city workers as they're trying to do. I'm like, those guys are out there just trying to do their job. They're out there get like yeah. They, you know, this might not be the most exciting thing for them today. They just had to do what they're told to do, and then you're doing that. Also, to touch on what you said about the the name tags. I like the police take a lot of heat. I would not want to be a cop. Like, uh, uh, yeah, no, no, neither would I. Like, they have to go out there, whether they like it or not, and they know that everyone out there is going to be like this. Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to spit in your face, and then they're going to go. Yeah, and, and totally. And police have to be held to a higher standard, right? That is the job they signed up for. I'm just saying, I would not sign up for that job, right? Like, but then I can see why yeah. they take the name tag off because they know yeah. that they're going to be they're going to be put on blast. And like these guys are probably like my thing is like I don't know if they did. Like, I, that's I, I, thing. I don't know the legitimacy. I, I don't know. Of that. I don't know if if they did. And there's so much differing information out there, and there's so much concern about uh, hyperbole. That's like, man, there's enough bad, serious stuff happening as it is that we don't need to exaggerate and and uh, elaborate on stories. Um, so you know. I don't know what's true and what's not true about the events that transpired there. I don't know that really anyone does or that anyone can come at it from an unbiased perspective. My initial takeaway, though, was just, man, the conversation is going to be hijacked and there's going to be a lot of misplaced anger. And I've seen that. I mean, the day after it happened, I can't remember the exact the, the day of the week, but the provincial election was the next day. Or or very close. It was all tied. It was the next day. No, yeah. it was the day before. Was it the, it day, was the before? day before? Okay, it was, it was yeah, all so, yeah, tied. That's right. It was the day before. I remember because I'm like, oh man, can you imagine being Tim Houston? You're like, this is the best day of my life, and you wake up the next day, and this is going on. Um, but obviously, he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. Well, um, you know, in, in the sense like he was not elected yet. Um, yeah. So. It, but there were some people online saying, well, this is what happens when you vote conservative. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, again, you have no understanding of what's going on um, because they're not even in power yet, right? And those are city, you know, parks department and that yeah. those are city police. So whether or not you agree with what's going on, yeah, it certainly wasn't the new party's fault. It wasn't um, Tim's doing and what, what took place. Uh, no. I, um, which again, one? is just the misplaced anger is problematic because we need to channel, we need to be focused. That one, I think, I wouldn't say a lot, but that was one of the ones that I saw more comments being like, they're not actually in power yet. Yeah. Because a fair amount, not a fair, but again, relative, like of a 3,000 comment library, a couple hundred people in there were able to be like, they're not in power. The ones that had the the gonads to actually comment back. Yeah. Um, So the one thing I'll say that was, I guess, sort of being chanted and that's what, I guess these all these protesters went down like their their stance was housing's a human right. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Okay. Housing is human right. Oh. I don't know that getting to live on Spring Garden Road is a human right. <laughs> um but but I do think that housing is a human right. Okay. I'm not yeah. disagreeing. I'm uh okay, I guess but but free like speech is a human right. Free speech is is a right. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can say whatever you want without consequences. Like, you know, we, we do, we have rights and then we temper those rights. Like, I, I do think housing is a right. Yeah. But you, you seemed like you're going somewhere. What, well, I guess, I guess my thing is like, so we're, I, I don't want to say we're talking crap about the protesters. Obviously, like, again, I think there was misplaced anger, like you said, and I think a lot of them went down for the wrong reasons. And I think the main message was lost. Um, but then I guess on the flip side, what do you think, what do you think should have taken place? Well, I've actually kind of like looked into this because I'm like, all right, you know, what it, I'm trying to wade through the misinformation here. So I've reached out to, you know, my counselor, obviously, but also just a few people within um, city council and, and kind of, or not city council, but like city government and, and to understand how these things work. So the first thing is that I've had confirmed multiple times to me over and over and over again is that every person that was at an encampment site was told of alternative accommodations okay. and, and was given these opportunities. Yep. Now, is there a chance that someone started um, tenting, you know, in the 48 hours leading up to this, or is it possible that someone moved from one site to another and was literally, you know, just missed? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But staff had gone around to all of these sites that were known and told them, 
you know, you do need to find another option. These are the options that are available for you because these are going to be taken down. Yeah. So these reports of people saying they were never given any notice, there are no other accommodation. That's not true. And and whether someone... Specific um, scenario they may have missed. The yeah, odd, and, yeah, and whether those alternative options were viable for someone or, or to their preference is a different question. But this idea that they weren't given those is, you know, based on, on the people I've asked who don't really have a, a horse in the race. Like, well, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so getting to that, like, I, I do think, you know, but I, even that thing where I said, you know, where like these tent encampments had to happen, like people were homeless. Yeah. Um, so then there's the obvious question of, well, then where can they go? Um, and what is it like when, when these offerings aren't to their, their suiting? I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm just kind of staring off in the abyss for the fact that like, I know I've lost some of my tenants, two tents, not mm-hmm. lost them, but they've moved into tents. They've told me that because they literally can't find anything else. Um, but on the flip side, it's like what, like it just, yeah, this comes back to the thing of the government, I guess, needing to be able to step in. Uh, yeah. And, and again, like talking about the roles, like, okay, so staff, which would have been, I think primarily park staff yeah. would have had this unenviable responsibility of going around and, and telling people this. And in some cases, like it was park staff, um, accompanied by police later, uh, that removed the two, um, tents by where my, my kid played baseball. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously the police, um, and even like, you know, the reports, they showed up in riot gear. I don't know what riot gear looks like in my mind. I picture like helmets and plastic shields, stuff like that. I didn't see that. Um, but there was, was definitely pepper spraying and things like that. Yeah. Um, I saw shields and, and that's okay. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one thing though, that in, in digging around with this, I said, well, where are the, the social workers? Mm. And the tricky thing is social work is provincial, right? So the city shows up there with, you know, parks people. Can you imagine like, oh, I work in parks and you think you're going to have like a pretty relaxing career? Uh, not in this instance. <laughs> then there's HRPD, but the real lack, and, and I know there were social work staff there, yeah. but I think there was a real disconnect because I think they should have had a larger role, which again comes back to the province, man. Like it, it really yeah. does not to, I mean, not to give the, the, the city a free pass, but I think there needed to be more social workers there. I think everyone could agree there would need to be more social workers there and, and less police and um, yeah. parks people. Yeah. yeah I, and I don't know what, well, again, I don't know what it started. Like, did it start on a more relaxed note and then it boiled over? Because it seemed oh, yeah. like there they, were, I think what happened is they went after one location and then it got on social media. Yeah, they got they got a number of the sites down before this was even. This was the last few yeah. sites where this yeah. all went down. Yeah, specifically around uh, I don't even know what that building is the the library, the old library. Is that the old library? Yeah, yeah, on Spring Garden Road. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That was the one that I think kind of was the the epicenter of it. Um, but they intentionally did this in stealth because everyone knew that this was coming down the pipeline. But my understanding is that even council didn't know the date. Right, there's only a few people in parks and in HRPD that knew the date it was going to happen, um, yeah. because the reality is they knew as soon as it got out, yeah. um, mutual aid would send out you know their call to, to you know um, the, the, their followers yeah. to go there and to have this you know protest conflict whatever you want to call it, yeah. and that is what happened, but it it didn't happen at the first few sites. So they, they did take down a number of sites with relative, you know, little, um, issue. Resistance, I guess. Um, and then mutual aid, uh, organized people who mobilized and went down there. And then the whole big scene that followed, uh, and mutual aid's an interesting organization as well. I mean, you've been away. I, I certainly hadn't really heard much about no, uh, mutual aid. So, um, they're, a, an anonymous online group that were the initial folks who, who, uh, set about building, these temporary structures around town voluntarily mm-hmm. um, and providing plans of how to build them and so forth. So I think it's a loose collective of tradespeople or handy people that have been doing this. Um, and that's a real interesting dynamic between the city and them because they are completely anonymous. They're not registered as a nonprofit or a charity or anything like that. Um, and to date, they have never sat down with the city. Now, the city says they've tried many times to communicate with them and, and sit down together and work on it. Um, 
but it hasn't happened. So that's a really interesting thing too, because the liability they're taking on, like one of these shelters, one of these um, kind of wooden structures burned. And it's like, you can imagine if that was a fatal fire, right? Like where does the liability stand with that? that? I mean, they're taking a big risk, but they're obviously well-intentioned. And I've seen a lot of the things since then have been all, um, a lot of money has been being donated to them. Um, I mean, the concern always with an anonymous, non-registered, Nonprofits like you, you hope that it's all being handled correctly, and and um, again they, they seem well intentioned, but that's they become a, a key player. And whether you agree with their tactics or not, like they brought this to the forefront. So it's like, well, the whole point of protest is to kind of be messy and to get attention and to spark conversation. I mean, I can't imagine waking up as the premier elect of a province, seeing this and it not getting your attention. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was a lot of people rallying, and, and it was, yeah, I mean, on social media front, like, I saw his name everywhere. Just like, hey, yeah. look at this, hey, look at this, hey, look at this. Yeah. I, I think it also sparked some stuff cross-country. I think Alberta, yeah. BC, one of them had, this, had the same thing. They had a big blowout about this. I think they actually tried to do the same thing within the same couple days, okay. and they had the same response, and it just boiled into it again. I don't think there was as big of a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um but it was the same concept. It definitely captures the attention. I guess on that front, it gets the right idea. The violence aspect is the part that always gets me. I just don't know how. This is, I feel like total total transparency, total honesty here. I find this a very difficult thing to talk about because if you say the wrong thing about this subject, you know, we are, like I'm in front of many people in the course of a day mm-hmm. who are clients, potential clients. You know, we are out there. We're out there as landlords. We're even way more out there as real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I made my one little comment of, I hope the focus stays on housing, which you would think would be a pretty innocent, mm-hmm. like, because that's how I genuinely feel. I'm like, oh man, I hope the focus stays on housing Where here. It started. And man, I got dragged, right? By someone about like, oh, real estate agent, this, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, like, you know, so I, I find even this conversation here Slightly is a awkward. little bit awkward because- yep. It's like, well, what if I agree with some of this and I don't agree with some of that? Because social media is so quick to put people in these boxes of like, well, you're either with us or against us. And, you know, they set that up right away. It's like you're either, you know, pro-police and anti-homeless people or you're not like – and I don't think that's a fair – you know, I, I'm struggling for words here. I don't know how this is going to come off. I'm on the you know, same boat. I like can see both of us staring at each other and looking at like, what are can you we gonna say? Are you going to take this one? <laughs> yeah. Like, and how unfortunate is that, man? How unfortunate is that? That's where we've become. And I think, again, I think that's a general thing that's very unfortunate is this, now in today's age, you can't comfortably say certain things. You can't really have a different opinion. And then it's like the, like the one good one. And then everyone else is kind of, you're, you're mean or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're opposing, you're opposing what's right. Which yeah. is not necessarily the best thing. Another thing I'll, I'll touch on really quick that I think, I don't want to say it's funny because that may, may make it seem a little bit lighthearted, but the police thing is crazy because in these scenarios, everyone's like, defund the police, police are the worst, on and on and on. Then when there's something bad that happens, everyone's like, where are the police? How come we don't have 87 officers chasing yeah. this guy down? And you're like, well, because you just got nine of them fired because they were trying to do the other part of their job. Yeah, I mean... I have more sympathy to that because I feel police need to be held to the utmost highest standards. And I think the vast majority of them meet that. Um, And, and, you know, um, so I I think, you know, anyone who's public sector, they should be held accountable to the highest degree. Um, I just happen to think they're doing pretty good. And that's like a, a... tricky thing to say because like like why do i have to feel bad saying like i think the cops are kind of doing good most for the most part <laughs> no i tend right to like yeah. and and um, and also like the the defund <laughs> movement is like not no so much about you know defunding the police i think most people would agree it's it's more about like why are we not redirecting um more assets to other things mental health community like level uh advocacy that sort of stuff so uh, this is why, again, like, but if I said that to some defund the police people, they'd be like, nope, not good enough for us. Get out of here. Like, that's what bootlicker, I agree with what you're saying. was like the term it, that the was being message, thrown around a lot. Yeah. The message gets, like, they lose that. They detract from that, and they it just becomes like a broad statement, and it becomes misguided anger, like, every time. But I also just think it's, like, 
you know, um, better Social- together, like better together. More more people working together will help solve this problem. But man, the lines get drawn in the sand so harshly. Even like here's a here's a little example. Like, I think we can all agree that these tent encampments can't go anywhere they want, right? I think everyone would agree that some people, though, in the extreme might say, no, they absolutely can because housing is a right and these people need housing. It's like, but I think we all probably would agree that they shouldn't be at an elementary school, yeah. right? Like, so, you know, I had concerns like my six-year-old, five-year-old at the time, happy birthday, late shout out two days ago. Um, but I didn't like my five-year-old being by a tent encampment that was also by an elementary playground that was about to be school. Like, I don't think that's a good spot for that. Uh, And I think most people would agree with that. So it's not like people don't agree that, okay, there should be places, you know, obviously people that need these sort of accommodations should have a place for it. But I think everyone also agrees that um, it can't be wherever they want. So then it's like, well, then the sliding scale isn't more so about like, um, did this feed a need? and, And are we, you know, do we view this as an acceptable kind of Band-Aid solution until we can fix the real problems? I think everyone agrees on that. But where can they be? And so some yeah. people feel that it shouldn't be on Spring Garden Road. Yeah. That doesn't make that person who feels that way a terrible person. You know, we all agree it shouldn't be over here. Um, some people just happen to feel it also shouldn't be over there. Now, the people who just, you know, come out and say, well, I just don't want it because it's in my neighborhood and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you're just being a, a, not a jerk. Bag, not my backyard. Right? Um but, you know, I think more people are somewhere on that spectrum and that would like to think because the reason the council did this, like, it's so funny. People think, my gosh, you know, there's some big conspiracy. Like a bunch of elected officials decided to do something arbitrarily with no support from the voting public. The reality is the vast majority of people s- supported this In because private. their elected officials mm-hmm. did, you know, did this for like the site you mentioned that you go by a lot. There's also a number of preschools that use that playground mm-hmm. and they contacted their officials. I know this firsthand mm-hmm. and complained that they can no longer take their preschool kids, which would be four and under yep. to that park. Yep. And they are voters and those kids' families are voters just as much as other people are voters. So if you believe in the democratic process, People did express to their counselors that they wanted this to happen. Yep. Rightly or wrongly, that was what the council decided based on majority Democratic voices to them. Now, unfortunately, the sentiment online would be that that's not true and that, you know, this is rogue counselors and they must be horrible people. And anyone who agrees with this is also horrible people. But the reality is um, a lot of people did feel the same way. Just um, not publicly outspoken about it necessarily because yeah. I think they knew the heat that they would receive. Yeah. Or at least felt maybe not there and yeah. not in a out of sight, out of mind, but like maybe not by where children are playing or this or that. And again, there's bigger issues to it, but I think we can't have these wide sweeping generalizations because there just became so much stuff that like, like I'd see a post I'm like, oh, I know for a fact that's not true. And it's like, Ugh, it's got 400 likes already. I'm like, I'm not going to touch this with a 50 foot pole, but if we want to have a discussion towards a solution, I think it's better to go together than try to go antagonistically. Like, you're, we're going to need allies on both sides of the argument. If there's sides, like, why do there have to be sides of the argument when it's really probably more of a sliding it needs spectrum? It as, as a community. And, uh, yeah, it becomes very hostile. If you get, like you said, if they don't agree exactly with what you're saying, it becomes a hostile environment between the two. I yeah. guess, okay, on a more lighthearted note in some sense, you're saying for solution base. Also, you're saying, like, this one I'm, I'm kind of racking my head with. Okay, so we agree that there should be the ability to set up shop somewhere, but not necessarily next to a school or on Spring mm-hmm. Garden Road. Are you saying there should be some sort of public space that people can? I think if people need a tent mm-hmm. to live and to put over their head, mm-hmm. yeah, they should be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a horrible commentary on where we're at mm-hmm. right but you know what are we gonna do like if we take their tent away then they're out on the streets with no tent right so i think one there has to be more transparency and more proactivity on the other accommodations because again if you believe the 
council and staff, which you can choose not to believe them and, and, and imagine that there's some conspiracy and these are just terrible people, but they are adamant about the fact that there is enough housing for individuals. Now, the challenge is, um, you know, if you have a pet, you cannot go to a lot of shelters and a lot of these folks have pets. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, are not comfortable being in a, um, shared a shared space or co-ed or any of these things, I can understand all of the reasons why some of these would not be a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think more action has to happen on that to make sure they're fit and then to figure that out. Um, but I do think as all of those fails, yeah, someone should be able to p- pitch a tent if they literally have no other recourse. Again, I think they should have options and I think there are options and maybe they need to be better or better informed or, you know, what have you. Um, but I think worse comes to worse. Yeah, man, someone should be able to throw up a tent somewhere. So should city provide land be able to do that? Uh, I think if we're, st- if we're talking short-term fixes, probably... And I think they, this is the other thing too, actually, in talking with staff, I found this really interesting. When um, Mutual Aid built the first um, couple sites and had their initial exchange with, with city staff, they thought that city staff was going to tear it down right away. Instead, city staff said, yeah, absolutely, we're going to keep it there because we don't have somewhere else to put them. So, you know, to think that council and staff was not, you know, um, I don't want to say lenient, but like they were trying to be proactive on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think staff has a vested interest in seeing people uh, dehoused from whatever that housing no, no, may be. No. However, so definitely not. Nobody like, has any interest in seeing anyone dehoused. I think everyone agrees, like you said, that housing is a human right. I guess more of my question is just simply like, do we? Is the idea to actually like go down the path of creating like a uh, an interim buffer zone? Um, well, that's, that's what they, that, that's what they've done since the spring. They had this interim buffer zones, like, yes, you can be here. And while we stockpile accommodations and they stockpiled accommodations that rightly or wrongly, they felt now met the need, the, 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 the need for short-term emergency housing. And their argument is, and rightly or wrongly, is that the folks that have, you know, um, that, that are still tenting are doing though, like some of them are doing so by a matter of, of preference over other accommodations. You know, not not having their first choice, obviously, which would be in, in you know, the home of their choosing, mm-hmm. but have made a preference choice between tenting at this location versus staying in a short-term, you know, be it a shelter, be it a hotel, or, or what have you. That is staff's position, that they have provided enough there. Um, it's obviously not feeding, fitting the need, but... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it summarize what you're saying. Basically, they allowed this as a temporary setup until they're able to create the accommodations required to suffice what's out there. Which they, they believe they have. Which they believe they have. I think there's, yeah, there's a bunch of factors that play into why someone could or could not go to certain certain accommodations because they don't all fit. Yeah, you might have 25 beds over the course of whatever, six different places, hotels, whatever it all may be. It might not fit the requirements, like you said, of somebody. Um, I guess, yeah, I was just thinking in my head, like, again, going back to, like, the basic principle of, like, do we literally have, like, buffer land that we say, hey, can you, you can set up shop here. I feel like that turns yeah. into a favela. Like, oh, totally. Totally. Like it's no hard time. to, yeah, yeah. You know, a bunch of people move here that would just move here just to be able to use the space. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Like, where they know they can set up shop and not get bothered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one of the very real challenges that staffing council would have had to have dealt with. Like, okay. What's sort of the, what is sort of the, um, gosh, I don't, I don't know what the word, like, what is the threshold? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously we need, like, we can't be someone builds an accommodation because they're in a desperate situation. We tear it down the next day. That's just inhumane. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try to give them an extended period of time and then build up suitable alternative housing. Um, so now it comes down to, all right, why is that alternative housing not being selected? And more importantly, like, you know, what is there, is there an education gap? Is there a narrative communication gap? Like, like what, what, what is going on exactly that those individuals are not taking these accommodations and then kind of massage those accommodations. But then hopefully this sparks a conversation large and that's like, well, how about we just don't need either? We don't need tent accommodations. We don't need emergency short-term accommodations. Maybe we can get to a point where um, we've better housed those folks with permanent lodgings. Um, so hopefully that conversation, and I think it's returned to that a little bit since, but I still see a lot of landlord hate, man. Well, I was going to say, do you think rent control has an impact on this? 
Because um, a lot of people, I heard a lot of people, especially like when Tim got in, a lot of people were yelling, like, why, like, we can't remove rent control. Like, if the problem is still here, obviously. I mean, right off the hop for me, when I hear that, I'm like, well, rent control's been in for what, a year? Oh, uh, yeah. Now? Yeah. Roughly a year now. Yeah. And our tent thing happened in like the last six months. We it always, mm. There was always a homeless population, but it's gotten substantially more dramatic in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had rent control for the whole time of it. I know that's a very short period of time. And it's a very hard way to just kind of show it. But I just, I mean, I, that was, yeah. I asked that because literally when I watched any of the interviews and any of the stuff surrounding the provincial election, and I mean, obviously I honed in mostly on the housing-based questions and mm-hmm. uh, interviews, they were all like, well, if rent control was in or going to stay, we wouldn't have this perpetuated problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, perhaps. I mean, you you alluded to some tenants who you know, gave you the impression that they were moving to a tent. Um, so I, I think there's probably some connection that can be drawn there. Um, the problem with rent control is it is not often what people think. Uh, and, and two, I think there's a lot of mental health issues that these folks suffer from as well. That, that was mind, um, you know, that the, the rent control is not going to be a solution for a separate mental health or, mm-hmm. or uh, drug dependency issue or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, like one of the things that we touched on in, or we actually, we briefly alluded to almost jokingly, like, gosh, you know, we need to look at some other models and see who's got this figured out. And we said in passing, I bet Sweden has this figured out. Now, I think we were talking about um, like affordable housing, constructing affordable housing and all this. Yeah. Um, but Sweden, for example, has rent control. Um, and so I kind of looked into this and Stockholm, you know, which is big city in Sweden, their average wait for a rent controlled unit average across Stockholm is nine years. It's nine years. That's their average. In a good neighborhood, it can be upwards of five years longer than that. So we're talking 14 years. To get into an apartment. To get into a a rent controlled unit. So that means 14 years also that you've been unable to buy a house, which speaks to a different issue. The other problem that's developed is that there's a pretty rampant issue with um, kind of off-market, not quite legal subletting of these units where someone will have a rent control and just flip it and make some cash. Um, So, I mean, if you already didn't realize that the 14-year wait wasn't a sign that the rent control worked, then the fact that it's actually being like circumvented and people are, you know, um, flipping them to rent for more money is further proof that it it, it didn't work. Um, And then the other problem they're having is that the rent control units tend to be pretty like exclusive. Like it's all about who you know and connections and friend of a friend and this network, that network. So you're actually in a weird way preserving this slightly archaic, privilege of certain people have access to these things and certain other people don't. So nothing about that, be it the 14 year wait. Um, if, and currently I think like a one or two bedroom was still like $1,200 anyway, or 1200 euros, 1200 us dollars. Right. So the rent's not cheap. It's 14 year wait. And you still may not get one if you don't have the right connections. I don't think any of those are going to solve the tent encampment issue, I guess would be my kind of yeah. thought on that. I, and I just want to touch back when we talked about it, we, we kind of made the same point. Basically, it almost it, it feeds into a class divide again. Oh, totally! Like, and because like you said, it's who you, who you know, and so like a lot of these people, it becomes like the decently well-to-do families. Oh, my friend owns so and so; he can put you in there, and they move on. They don't even need the rent control. Also, I, I had this. Uh, um, someone asked me specifically about that. It's like, well, you tell me this: you've got a rent control unit; you, you're putting it up for eleven hundred dollars. First of all, you know, you, you, so you get your thirty applicants. One. Are these individuals that are at a situation where um, they're tenting, is that even going to be affordable enough for them? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, But if there was a situation where they applied, you've got 30 applicants. You've got the doctor over here. He's got a full-time job. Right. He can pay the whole year's rent up front. Yeah. And then you've got someone who has no previous mailing address, you know, is maybe on disability and has a dependent. Yeah. Who are you going to rent to? The reality is that person is still not getting in the apartment. Yeah. So their wait, which might have been nine years or 14 years in Stockholm, realistically, they're not even on the list, man. They're not it. on the list. So that isn't going to solve the issue. And yeah. now the we've put this idea of rent control out into the world, and it's going away now, right? Like mm-hmm. the conservatives believe in the model that you and I subscribe be. to, which is more stock, more stock, more stock. We Inventory. need to build more housing. Yeah. Um, but... You know, everyone out there, every landlord out there is now like, oh my gosh, 
I never thought about rent control and pushing the limits of my rent because I always had autonomy to run my business how I wanted. Um, if I felt I needed more money to cover the expenses there, or if I had some capital improvements that I wanted to make, I could make those rent changes at my choosing. I'm now under the risk that I may not be able to do that in the future. So I better quote unquote, like get while the getting is good and raise rents, man. Like they're going to go up now because rent control was threatened, which is like a case of, you know, like projecting something and it kind of becoming worse. Uh, they, they have as, to as protect, we have to protect our butts. And so yeah. now we have to jack it up as much as we can in the time that we can to cover that. But the other, yeah. the other thing is, is, is the costs are astronomical. We talked about that before. I can't remember if we touched on it before in the last episode, but another kind of a case study of rent control is Toronto. Yeah, yeah. They got they got rent control. You know what all it did? It just killed apartment construction. Yeah. No one's going to build an apartment anymore because it yeah. makes no sense for a return. I'm just going to build condos. Yeah. And the condos are going to be absurdly hot, expensive, and they're going to be privately owned, so no one's going to follow the rules. Uh, and because they're privately owned and they're absurdly expensive, they're going to be rented out at way higher lease rates. Yeah. Yeah. And that was an issue too that they had in Stockholm because, you know, even the new construction ones are going to be held to such a high standard, but uh, it just stunted the growth of new units and all these things. So um, again, I think there's just a disconnect there. I'm not saying that rent control or some form of, you know, protecting people who are in units and, and, and things like that, you know, is not going to be part of the broader solution. But the idea out there that it's an A to B solution is just flat out wrong, man. And it, it frustrates me because it's like, that has been proven over and over again to not work. Um, and, and again, it's a distraction because like if people are so they're banging their head against the wall of rent control, they're maybe missing like, okay, well now there's a new government and how are we going to hold that government? Like, if you're, if your request of the conservative government is rent control, you're going to have a long wait, man, cause it's not happening, but maybe your request should be build more units. Yeah. Right? Let's kickstart some of these units. You know, the other thing, again, just to go <laughs> continue on the rent control thing. You look at like you know really who it really impacts rent control too is it's actually the small landlords that take it to the teeth because oh totally you look at like Killam said before rent control across the board and they're whatever fifteen thousand units they only raise it by one point eight percent anyways yeah 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 they don't like all these massive landlords don't do these huge increases like they're, they're like we don't that's not like our you know it's all the small guys that are going to get to the point of hopefully being able to build and add more units and bring mm-hmm. units to market. That are going to be the ones that are going to get beat. They also like those those big organizations. They're they're on it, man. Every year they get you with that one point eight. They one point eight, yeah, over and over and over again. Um, a lot of small landlords like myself, like I kind of like, oh, you know what, the good tenant, I'm going to leave them be. Yeah, I'm going to leave them be. So two or three years, in some cases, like I've got ten to seven years, never yeah. raised the rent. Yeah. But you know what, the day the rent control stuff came out, it's like, oh my god, like you're all getting the two percent. Like yeah, they they have to get the two percent because next year. Another like I'll start being able to make clawback the rent raises that I didn't do over the last like near decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, rent control. We uh, we've beat it to death. Yeah. I, I think we, yeah. everyone knows we don't agree with it. I think there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense. I would love for to hear some comments from people on why they think it does make sense. Uh, yeah. I understand in the short term and like an interim, very small band aid solution of like for this little moment for the next twelve months or whatever it may be. It's great that your rent didn't go up a bunch because yeah. you were in a bit of a pinch. But in the long term, it's just going to ampl- like, amplify and, and, your situation. And realistically, the rent control during the state of emergency had more to do with um, preventing evictions and preventing yeah. moving tenants. So, because as a lender, like, oh, well, if I can only get another 2%, I'm not going to evict someone for 2%. That mm-hmm. was more, you know, the provincial government didn't even have much vested interest in the rent controls being in, in place for long term. Um, they just wanted it to help along with the quote unquote rent evictions to curb that. Yeah. Uh, and, and rightfully so. Like I was a hundred percent on, on board for that, you know, entirely. Like yeah. I, I thought that absolutely was the right move. Um, I just know like fundamental economics model has been proven. No, it is not the solution. Yeah. Um, so, and I just, I hate when like a conversation over here, you know, that leads nowhere is distracting from something that might actually... Have some value. Like have merit. some value o- over here, um, so, which I just brings us to you know provincial election. We'll see conservatives in now. But. Yeah, I was going to touch on my uh, my little rent control. Stare. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, coming full circle here. Yeah. So Neil, um, if you're just chiming in here late, Neil um, fled the country recently uh, to Can Idaho. Time. Yeah, he was hiding out in the potato fields. Um, no, it's sheer coincidence, but. Um, you managed to cut through into the news cycle as well. There was a lot going on, and you got yeah in there too. So 
yeah, basically, obviously, I was out of town, but it, again, had nothing coincided with what went down. Um, but we, so obviously knowing what was coming, like technically our state of emergency is supposed to come to an end here fairly soon, mm-hmm. uh, which would alleviate our rent control policies. Um, I have some buildings that I've owned from prior, like previous to rent control. Um, and so I was then sending out a notice to all my tenants explaining that, okay, our rents are going up to where we all knew they were going. Um, and here's your notice about six months in advance that that's where it's going to go. If not for some of them, it's almost eight months to a year, uh, just to give them as much notice as possible. So that they have the opportunity to make the change, uh, if they need to, or if they want to stay, they can. Um, and, and the rent increase was to basically cover the fact that we did a full overhaul of the building, mm-hmm. like full exterior overhaul, full interior. I mean, everything new, all new kitchens, all new bathrooms, all new flooring, like everything's new, all new electrical, heating systems, in-unit laundries, like. So you did that to these existing units or other units and this is coming to this so building? So other no. units and there's a few yeah. units left that hadn't had it done yet. Gotcha. Um, and so these are the ones that are getting it at this point. All of these tenants I had previously talked to about over a year ago, uh, they've all been offered cash. Um, and to be honest with you, what I got, it all kind of took place. So I bought it right around the time rent control came in, maybe about three, four months beforehand. They knew it was coming because they saw us coming in. And we introduced ourselves and said, hey, look, like, New ownership, this is kind of where we're at with this building. This building is neglected, in brutal shape. Like, literally, like, the foundation was, like, crumpling out from underneath the building. Um, all these things have to be done. We're redoing all the plumbing has to be redone. It's leaking all over the place. There's rats, et cetera, on and on and on. Um, and we're willing to offer you cash to basically break your lease and go. We'll give you a safety deposit, cash, um, basically cover your move, all these things. Um and the response was kind of wishy-washy, but more than half left in that time. Um, and then rent control went in. And when we went to go revisit the other half, uh, we basically got a big middle finger, like, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yep. it was a very much a laugh in your face, spit in your face sort of scenario. Well, I mean, I guess it was the, I don't have to, so I'm not going to, right? Which, more power to them, that's their exactly lease, right? Yeah. So, and just tried to remind everyone, though, that at the end of the day, like, eventually at some point, it's going to come to a head. So, like, why not take the cash now and move before things get perpetuated more difficult? Um, of course, that wasn't received kindly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, we began with the renovation. We did all the units that are available, did the exterior of the place, all new parking lots, et cetera, on and on. Um, and now things are coming to the point where it's going to be gone. So now all the new people that are in are paying the new lease rate, and the older existing tenants are also going to be receiving the new lease rate at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my tenants... Uh, is proficient with Reddit, uh, decided to take the letter that was distributed, and he the timing was impeccable. So this was... Tanner, do we have the letter? Can you bring the letter up? Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's definitely... Yeah, you can bring it up. I don't mind. Uh, it's, it's been everywhere else, so... I saw it online, and I was like, oh, this is going to be new. Like, I saw it. I didn't... I did not know it was you until you mentioned, like, oh, yeah, and then that letter came out. I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, that was you? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So... We gave this guy the letter, and it must have been the day, I think it was the day prior to the election. So there was, we gave yeah. the letter, election took place. There it is. There it is. Um, <laughs> wow, 5,000 likes. That's not bad, eh? I feel that landlords- Elections have consequences, right to what you said, the first yeah. comment right there. This should be like, oh my God. Yeah. Elections have consequences. So this was, you delivered that, I think, a couple days before the election? Prior to the election, yeah. yeah. And August so 18th, so that's here's, way prior. Here's someone who evidently, oh, we might have to cross some of these people's names out, but like this person and 86 other people think that the election led you to do this, even though uh, it happened. Oh, know, we didn't have the results. Two, the, two days the, before. The, yeah. Like, we, we, it's had, just, we distributed yeah. this prior to, to the election. I honestly didn't really write the letter, but uh, we did this. Actually, you want to get, I'll give you the model. So I live in a rented apartment myself. I just received a 20% rent increase. Um, which is absurd. It's actually more of an increase than that. Um, I know that's 100%, but... Dollar on dollar, you mean? Yeah, dollar on dollar. Um, but then I got theirs, and I was like, hey, you know what? They came to me really early. They came to me six months in advance. They put it in the information. So I was just like, hey, you know what? Like, We should do the same versus waiting till 60 days prior to his, his date yeah. and hitting him with this. So that's why we distributed it. Uh, anyways, again, this, this, this tenant then took it, put it on online the day that this whole uh, r- removal of the tents took place. Mm-hmm. And he's clever with his captions. And so he captioned it, anyone know a good brand of a tent to buy? Mm-hmm. 
So kudos to him. Honestly, he we should probably call him up for some viral uh, viral titles. Yeah. But and it just because of that, it instantly hit. R slash Halifax went to the front of that, and then obviously everyone took it from there. Like these guys, like they're on Halifax noise. Like they're they're searching through Reddit and stuff like that to find good content. Why is it someone sent it to their their DMs? Um, oh yeah, from my DMs. Yeah. There you go. R slash Halifax. Yeah. See, so yeah. So then someone DM'd it to them, and then it just kind of spirals from there, and and. This again, it was. I think the timing is what made it really. Oh, totally, man. Th- this was. Th- this was. Uh, there's thousands of these letters going out. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know, you couldn't have planned the timing better or worse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you tried it right, in the heart of all this thing. Um, I mean, so explain. You know, your your side of the story, if you will, is that you told these people they they knew from over a year ago that hey. You know, the building was going to be renovated and uh, they're going to be effectively new units. And with that is going to be new new Mar- costs, market rents. New, new market rents. Yep. If you want, you know, I'll give you this money to leave early. Yep. Some took it, some did not. And then yep. when rent control came in, they had rent control and they stayed there for, a year, you know, almost Thanks a year you. now. Yep. Um, and then you basically said that when rent control is, is over, yep. um, you know, we're going ahead with the plan, which is you're going to be moving out. Yeah. Um, you know, these units are going to be redone. You're welcome to stay in the unit at the new market rent, but that's the reality is that this is going to be the market rent. Um, And, you know, so people have to decide as the owner of the property, is that your right to do that? I mean, someone here, the first comment that has 226 likes is that this should be illegal. I guess the thing with that is like, you know, we have a pretty good standard form lease here whether or not yeah. we have a like a good effective tenancy board is another question but we have a pretty good standard form lease here which sets up a set of rules for the landlord and the tenant to abide by and if a landlord signs a contract that says you can stay here for this amount of time for this amount of money um but after that contract you know is done that it's my property again and i can do with it what i want if you believe that should be illegal I don't know. I disagree with you. Like, I think that is perfectly legal to grown adults agreed on financial terms for something that ran its course and the parties are then free to do what they want afterwards. Yeah. Like, but someone thinks, and apparently 226 other people think that this should be illegal. Now it does read as a big increase, but your argument would be that it's a different unit. It's a different unit. It's a different environment. That unit still obviously needs some more renovation because he's still living in there. Additionally, it's again a big increase on percentage and even on dollar value, but the rent is dramatically, dramatically too low. That's the other thing. Like, it's, right, right. Like it's way, 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 way. Like this, the current just, rents that are in this building when I bought it don't even service like my debt coverage. Like, so seven ninety for a two bedroom, heat included. A two story, two bedroom. Two stories. Yes. Oh jeepers! So it's like a little townhouse and like two parking lot. It's a townhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a little row house. So two bedrooms, two parking spots, townhouse. Yep. Unit for seven ninety heat included? No, no heat not included. Okay, yeah. okay. I mean, yeah. So like, what you're saying is like the increase actually should have been more like something from probably eleven fifty uh, or twelve hundred up to. I'll put it 16. out too. Yeah, it, yeah. It's in Bedford. Yeah. Oh but, man, that's the cheapest place in Bedford. Holy. That's the cheapest place in the city, let alone a good neighborhood. Damn. Right. Nice. Like there's houses literally selling a block away for like eight hundred k. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so percentage-wise, it looks really egregious, but, like, when you go into the actual why of it, it was arguably rented for $500 under market. Exactly, which, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, which was great for a period of time for these individuals, yep. um, but not tenable um, at the price you would have paid for because you just bought it. No, right? exactly. Yeah, like, if yeah. you were, if you do, like, the I think the CMHC average for a two-bedroom in there, because there's a couple of buildings around there, is still, I think, like, 1183 or 1283 or something like that. So, like, it, it, it's already well below where where they they should Mm be um but yeah so i mean it it was big they they, he ended up doing an interview with with global news and stuff like that i i'll give respect and credit i mean this is probably like i said i still think this is probably gonna blow back on me now again Mm -hmm. um but the news never came after me as a landlord uh never once did the news ever mention my name or anything like that which i huge respect to that um they more were uh, focused on the issue so i think Mm -hmm. the news actually did a good job what you always say like, let's not lose focus here. So instead of, like, attacking Neil, yeah. let's focus on what we're talking about as they're, as they're seeing as the issue. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job of doing that. Again, a lot of the – maybe some of the commenters uh, had a different idea. Yeah, you catch any hate for this? 
Yeah, look, I'm fortunate enough that I know people that can delete comments and stuff from Reddit. Um, oh, really? Yes. So I, a, I know the moderators. I don't know anything about Reddit, but oh, no way, cool. Yes, yeah, so the moderators were able to keep my personals personals over out of there. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, this is something I'll bring it up, is that I found a little bit off-putting um, is, for example, I did some charity work last year, and I honestly hadn't really talked about it with anyone. Um, it, it was just a small project. I forget what it cost me in the range of probably five to $8,000. Um, and it was basically just helping out someone a little bit less fortunate for Christmas and a little renovation and stuff like that. Um, but again, I never really talked about it. Like you probably even know I did it cause I've never ever shared it on my social media or anything like that. CBC did a little thing on it because they were, the family was so happy. They wanted to try and get some recognition out there. I think my name was mentioned it maybe once. Uh, I never even made a statement to CBC. They asked and I said, no, thanks. Um, long story short, like the internet, they dig into all this. Mm-hmm. And so they dug right into it. And so one of the posts has that article. And they said, here's a feel-good article about this scumbag of a landlord who's actually a big piece of crap. And I was like, that was one where I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah I know. And like, this again no comes- good deed goes unpunished. I, I, I didn't do that yeah. for any publicity. I didn't use it for anything. Yeah. Yes, my name got named because I did it. Yeah. And then they're taking it out to, like, try and, like – paint this even worse picture but i'm like what? yeah and we live in this world where it's like a lot of the thought is we want communication we want democracy we want you know free freedom of expression freedom of right we want to be kind to each other and we want all of these things but then man you go online and it gets like really depressing some of the most ardent like safe space protectors in the world can be damn like cold online man like yeah. people get crazy on there um and this was part like we had a full conversation before we started filming this of like what are going to be the ramifications now of, of talking about this and like i found myself censoring myself in this conversation um and online yeah. um because of fear of of like some sort of repercussion just for you know and i i consider myself like you know very much concerned about, you know, social welfare issues. Yeah. But if I don't agree with it in the right way, yeah. that that I'm deemed like, oh, well, if you're this over here, you must be all of these other things. Yeah. Like, so they're like, because they view you as, as you know, a, an evil person, yeah. even like, you know, digging up your personal past charitable efforts get like just dragged through the mud. It makes no sense. And the problem is, we talked about this too, is a lot of landlords... Um, get really bitter. And this is the challenge. It's like, well, if the government's not doing anything for these folks and they're not doing anything to to help you, like, why would you do anything? And like, no good deed goes unpunished. Like you said, like, it, it's, it's tricky, man, because I think that landlords certainly don't deserve all of the blame for this housing crisis. No. Everyone, I'm very vocal that saying it's a provincial failing that's decades and decades old. Um, I think landlords have some responsibility to bear. They have a lot of role to play in the future and yeah. the, and the solution. So I think some, you know, alliance and some working together would go a lot further than burning these bridges. Yeah. I mean, there was another post picked up the other day where one of these organizations, who's a great organization who like, I would love to support and all these things. And they just post, what do we think of this? And it was an apartment, a list of apartment prices across from the hospital, brand new luxury. Like yeah. this place has yoga studios. It's ultra like, luxury. It's ultra. It's, it's considered ultra one of the nicest luxury buildings in the city. Across from like a hotel in literally the absolute center of what is the biggest city, East Montreal. And it was, all that is, is incendiary. All you're trying to do with that is create anger. And yeah. I understand that there's a place for anger because like whether or not I agree with everything that went down at this, um, y- you know, at, at these protests and all the fallout, uh, I think the provincial government's going to pay attention to it now. Yeah. So do the ends justify the means? I still struggle with that. I don't, I don't know. It seems like it. And, and I don't know if I agree with everything that happened to get there. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, I just think that's an intentionally inflammatory. All you're trying to do is make people hate another group more. 
Oh, 100%. Like, why is that helpful? You can tell, too, that it's misconstrued because they cross out, like, a bunch of the useful information oh, of, like, what totally, it means. It's total clickbait, like, man. It's clickbait. They literally just hammer out, like, apartment and then the number. And they they take out all yeah. the other info. They're like, oh, it doesn't mention that it's, like, a penthouse on the 13th floor yeah. overlooking the commons across from the hospital, brand new, super fancy. Like, they delete all that. Yeah. And, like, how, yeah, can, yeah. how it, can anyone survive? It, it's 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 in, It's intentionally misleading. It's clickbait. And it doesn't help. The dialogue because I don't know who owns that building, no. but that person who owns that building might be able to be a real advocate for change or for housing moving because clearly they're in the business of housing. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I just think we'd go further together. And unfortunately, the way this is being handled is so divisive that it means you and I don't even feel comfortable talking about these things and sharing what I think could be informative. You know, the first thing I did when Tim Houston, you know, won. I reached out to him. I reached out to their housing cri- critic, um, uh, I, think, I think Steve Craig, uh, and Tim Hallman, who won in an area local to me. And I said, listen, yeah. I think the housing commission is doing some good stuff um, because they assembled that housing commission to look yeah. at all this stuff, yeah. which among all of their recommendations does not include rent control because they're of the belief it does not work either. Yep. And that's not a conservative housing commission. That is a third party established by the liberals, like uh, people without you know, from various different backgrounds. Oh, bias. It's not even local yeah. to here, yeah. Um, and I said, I think I think they're doing great. For what it's worth, I would volunteer my time and my experiences to help with this in any way possible. Yeah. But man, I'm so hesitant now to even touch this topic that I might be like, you know what? I'm going to keep my head down and just, you know, worry about my own little piece of the world over here. And maybe it's not worth the attention to to care and get engaged on some of this stuff. I agree. That's and I'd be honest with you, this whole this this really brought this to light for me because I took so much heat for it right off the hop, and I was like, "You got to be careful." Now, obviously, in this case, it's not me caring and seeming like I'm trying to make anything better, uh, but it's the same logic of basically you get villainized for whatever you do, mm-hmm. um, and like I want to bring more units to market, and that's gonna help the situation, but it's not gonna get visualized as that. Yeah, yeah. Also, like Neil's a good guy. Neil's a great guy, um, but. Now, like some people just think you're the worst person ever and like you can't, you don't even get a chance to defend yourself. No. Like, I mean, I hear you now. This is a platform that, you know, maybe someone will listen to. Realistically, most of the comments on this will probably be negative. I'm 100%. sure like I'll look back. I'm like, oh, maybe I said something wrong there and that gosh, that doesn't come up. The phrasing, how I felt. the like, phrasing was how it was improper. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but like that's a legitimate explanation of the situation that you provided there. Yeah. Right. Like, and does, does that work out for this individual? Like, un- unfortunately not. But just as he's trying to provide his way through life, you're trying to provide your way through life. Yeah. Um, and you're not making, this isn't 1500 1600 bucks in your pocket. No. Right? Like, that's just not the way it works. We've outlined the costs associated with these before. Yeah. Check on a previous episode. Like, it is barely- 6%. You know, like 8%. it's- 8%. Like, it's it's minimal. Yeah. Yeah. So- It's just less than that. It's like 5%, 5.5% here. So, I mean, I guess we're probably at the point where we got to wrap it up. Again, I, I feel we have not solved it yet again. Um, <laughs> but I think this is – I'm really glad we had this conversation again. I don't know what the repercussions of it might be. I we touched on some hot topics. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, we got we to gotta put, our, put our energy and our voices where, where we believe they should be and just kind of hope that things work out and that we can kind of find enough common ground to – to work on this solution. Yeah. Right? You know, you know what I take well, from this, what I'm hoping is that we can actually start getting some feedback, uh, from some people locally that we can start addressing and talking with. Yeah. Um, be nice in the comments guys. Be, yes. Be nice. Be civil in the comments. My gosh. But totally okay to disagree. Totally, 100% like totally. disagree all for it, yeah. but just be nice about it. <laughs> and then we can be nice about it and we can respond to it. I would love that. That's, I love yeah. like hearing it and then being able to, it, it, explain both sides and then try and work cordially together to be like, okay, this is the understanding of what's going on. Yeah. And this, we both, we all want the same thing at the end. Like nobody is happy to see tents downtown. Nobody's happy to see the tents getting cut up and people yeah. getting booted out. Nobody wants to see any of these things. Yeah. Um, but the, obviously what we're doing now is not working. Totally. We got to so. channel some energy. We got to find some common ground and I hope new government, if like it's got their attention, so the question is, what are we going to do with this attention? Yeah. What are we going to do with this energy? Are we going to spend it on posts that are just intentionally divisive and, you know, in some cases just like misleading and, and not really at the topic of hand? Or yeah. are we going to use it to say, listen, you've been given a mandate, you know, you were voted to to fix this. And what was at the heart of this issue, what's on a lot of people's mind is housing. Yeah. So, 
you know, for the first time, let's make one of these provincial governments actually maybe do something about housing. Because man, you know, we have to know, you know, where the provincial government officials were when all this was going down? Neither do I. Idaho. (laughs) They were in Idaho with Neil (laughs) hanging out. But like, I saw Savage. I saw the counselors online taking heat. Yeah. Right? Like, I saw- Savage came out the next day. Savage, but he's a city. Right? Where was the provincial government? Yeah. Right? Like- there's a reason that provincial government has a housing mandate. And yep. does that does that absolve council or whatever of what like, you know, happened? No. But I think also most of the city staff I talk with, they essentially say this was based on the, you know, wishes of constituents. Um, you know, it was going to happen either way. It happened in a poor way. Um, but it was going to happen because that was what, uh, you know, voting constituents kind of wanted. But- you know, they should not have been up there alone eating that because I don't know where the provincial government was, you know, campaigning, I guess, for, to lose the liberal government, <laughs> right? Like, you know, they just, they hid, they yeah. hid. Haven't I, heard anything from them even really on it since. We'll right? talk about so, that. We'll talk about yeah, that another time. Provincial, federal election, maybe next time. Yeah. Once we uh, edit this one out and see how the comments go. <laughs> yeah. We should try and get some comments. This one, this one we may have to take to Facebook. Oh. <laughs> See, I want to post your explanation on Reddit. Wow, I might have to get Reddit. I same. I don't even have Reddit. I just yeah. I have a lot of friends. That, that was do. Tanner, by the way. Tanner's our super handsome back of house guy. Yeah, yeah. It needs more airtime. Yeah, we got to flip this around one of these days, um, or bring him out here. Yeah, I, I mean. Again, I think it, it's it's a sad situation where like I have some trepidation about doing that because I've got a family, I've got a business, and I don't know if something I said in here is going to, you know, freak some person out and, and get them super angry at me. But at some point, like if we genuinely believe we want to have these conversations and this is what we believe, then I guess we'll put it out there and, and hope that people are at least tolerant of a different opinion. I mean, it's going on the internet for all to see. We just haven't really spread it around but at some point it's going to come out now yeah and i think we wanted to be proactive on this this is why i said yeah. like this this is something that's going on and like I'd, I'd like to hear your side of the story on it and yeah so worst come Good. to worst we'll just move to idaho buddy we're all going to idaho potato plant in hands right here yeah. <laughs> chips and fries all right, all right. thanks Good job, see you